Welcome to the Mommy Oyoyo podcast, a safe space for honest, transparent, authentic, and real-life gist about being a mother, African style. I am your hostess with the mostess, Barry Dakara, and I'm here to share the unique experiences of being an African mother. Thank you for tuning in. Oya, drop the kids, get comfy, and make we start! Hi everyone and welcome to the 28th episode of the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. As usual, I am your hostess, Mommy Elephants. <laughs> oh my god, okay, if you follow me on Instagram, then you know where this is coming from. So basically, my daughter last week decided that her name is now Sister Elephant and I am Mommy Elephant. And so she's been going around telling everybody, I'm Sister Elephant, and that's my Mommy Elephant. <laughs> so a lot of people are calling me Mommy Elephant now, but no, 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 no. My real name, well, my online name is Barry Dakara, and I am so thrilled to have you listening to this episode. If it's your first time, I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy this episode. And I urge you to listen to other episodes that we have recorded on this Mommy Oyoyo podcast. Um, if you are a regular, welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> it's always nice to um, have you guys listening and supporting. And trust me, I feel all the love and I appreciate all all of the supports. Um, so today's episode covers the topic of the Hebrew woman and giving birth like the Hebrew woman. If you are Nigerian, then definitely, definitely, you must have heard someone say to at least somebody else, if it hasn't been said to you, like, oh, you know what, I pray that God will give you birth like a Hebrew woman, like you give birth like a Hebrew woman. And I've wanted to cover this topic before on the podcast. And um, I listened to my guest. She has a podcast as well. It's called Birthing, Birthing Blissfully. And um, she covered this topic, um, the Hebrew birth myth or not. And I thought, you know what, why not have her on as a guest to share her opinion on, you know, giving birth like a Hebrew woman and also giving us tips um, and, you know, practical tips on um, having a joyful birth experience as she has done before. And so... My guest for today is Ibiene Warman. She is the founder of the Birthing Blissfully program and podcast, and she's a slayer of pregnancy fears. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Please um, give us some feedback on social media or send us an email. We are on social media at Mommy Oyoyo. That's M-O-M-M-Y-O-Y-O-Y-O. And you can email to um mommyoyoyo at gmail.com i look forward to hearing from you don't forget to subscribe to this podcast don't forget to like it and please 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 leave a comment on whichever platform you listen to race on whichever platform you listen to and let's just get the mommy oyoyo word out there let's spread the word about modern african motherhood thank you again and i hope you enjoyed this episode Hi, Ibiene. Welcome to the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. Hi. Hi, Mommy Oyoyo listeners. <laughs> so happy Hello, to be here. 
<laughs> awesome. 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 How's your day going so far? So far, so good. Awesome. All right. So we're going to dive right into the interview today. And like I've been telling EBNA, it's just like gisting. You guys know the routine. We're just gisting with another mom um, to you know, learn more about her and learn more about her experiences and see what we can learn from her. So, Ibiene, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us who you are, how many kids you have, and I would like for you to touch on your brand called Birthing Blissfully. Okay, so hi again, guys. Um, I'm Ibiene Woman, and I'm a mom of one, one gorgeous little boy who's about two and a half now. And I host a podcast called Birthing Blissfully with EBNA Woman, where I share practical tips on how to find the right information and just leverage your faith to overcome fears around childbirth and achieving like a positive birth experience and so on. So um, yeah, I'm primarily a home um, a homemaker, primarily, but I do we do have a number of family businesses that I work on in my spare time. And yeah, in my spare time as well, I actually also train women on how to prepare effectively for childbirth in a way where they don't just survive the experience, but they actually thrive through it. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell, I think. Awesome. I love that. And if you guys, um, if you don't know Ibini yet, if you get on her Instagram, her tagline is that she's a slayer of pregnancy fears. Woo woo. Like, ah, look at you. Go girl. <laughs> No, because honestly, like if you haven't um, given birth before, you know, the prospect of what is it going to be like can um, produce a lot of anxiety within you. I know with me, um, I had a high risk pregnancy with, um, okay. with, with Coco and um, I had to go on bed rest. And I think it was at like seven months or so, seven months or eight months. Coco was born at, was just born just before nine months, right? So okay. it was at like seven or eight months while on bed rest. I was like, Como, I don't know how like the whole process actually. <laughs> I'm just not sure. So one day I went on some app and I was like, oh, they have a video on the labor and delivery section. Listen, by the time I was done, I was traumatized. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> You know, I was like, oh my goodness, like, is this what I'm going to have to go through? Um, But at the same time, though, um, I had this book, um, Supernatural Birth. And so I don't think I actually finished it, Sha. I read some of the, I read some of the beginning, like, and like some of the testimonies. And for me, um, my, um, my goal was just to have a healthy child, right? Yeah. So eventually I was just like, you know what? Whether I'm jumping up and down or screaming or whatever, like that's not like, you know, on my yeah. mind. I would like for it yeah. to be, you know, nice and cool and chill. I would like for that. But my number one goal right now is um just having this child safely because I had to be hospitalized at six Ex- months. Yeah. Yeah, I was at yeah. six months and then again at seven months. The first time for two weeks, the second time for one week. So for me, wow. it was just like, let's just get to the let end. Let me just, yeah, let me just get through a, this and, and be safe child. and sound <laughs> with my baby. Exactly. So, um, Ibine, could you please share your birthing story? Like, um, 
what you did before um, giving birth to your son, what it was like in the delivery room. And um, yeah, I'd like to hear all about that as much as you want to share, of course. <laughs> okay. So I'll, I'll keep it short because this is one subject that I can, I mean, I can, yeah, I can talk for ages about, but to give you guys a bit of a background, I used to be absolutely scared. Like I was so terrified of childbirth and I mean, proper, proper terrified. It actually was one of the reasons why I took my time um, getting pregnant after I, after I got married. So um, I'd heard all sorts of scary things. Like, you know, the story that you just shared about your experience, like hearing even things like that back when I, you know, when I wasn't married yet or it wasn't yet time for me to consider childbirth and stuff, all those things just used to scare me because it was like, you know, I didn't want those things to happen to me, but I didn't have a clue, you know, how my body would react. You just don't know, right? Till you get into the actual situation. You don't know if you're going to be one of the ones who, you know, perhaps, you know, you're going to have to have like a high risk pregnancy and all that. But I just know that I was really scared of the whole thing. But what happened was I stumbled on some really useful information along the way that helped me prepare myself. And the information, um, so, okay, so obviously I, I got past the hurdle of actually agreeing now to get pregnant because that was, <laughs> I mean, that was even a hop, that was, for me, like my husband, like that was actually one thing on its own. It was like, you know, getting me to the point where it's like, oh, are you ready to do this? <laughs> so we got past that and I was now pregnant and it was now like, you know, the, the issue was now, oh my gosh, like the baby's in now, the baby has to come out. <laughs> so, um, so what happened was, yeah, I stumbled on some really useful information which I feel like I was just led to. Um, and I believe all of that really put me in a good position to have a great birth experience. And while I was learning those things, I remember thinking to myself that if these things actually work for me, I'm going to make sure that I tell other women about them so that they too can have really good birth experiences. And that's really how the, the Birthing Blissfully brand came about. So a little bit about my birth experience. Hmm. It was good. It was really, really good. And the first thing was that I felt no pain throughout the experience. But honestly, while that could be the pinnacle of my story, it really isn't because mm. I feel like that part was just a miracle. Like there's no way to explain it really. It's not like, oh yeah, I did X, Y, Z. So I didn't feel any pain. I feel like that was just a pure miracle. But um, a lot of the other things um, that happened during my birth experience were things that came about as a result of the stuff I'd learned and applied. So I started having contractions regularly, say about midnight or early hours of the morning. And I'd learned some breathing and relaxation tips that I, I was so diligent using those tips because I really, really didn't want to, um, to feel any extreme pain. Mm -hmm. And I'd learned that actually our, our reflex action to feeling a contraction coming on, which is to get tense. And you almost like you want to clench your fist and close your eyes and just kind of tighten up to get past the contraction. Mm -hmm. Apparently that reaction is the opposite of what you want to be doing. You want to, because the body, um, when you're tense during a contraction, it actually hurts more. So I'd learned that. And for me, so I was so focused on being diligent with relaxing because I was like, listen, if there's any way that I can reduce this pain I'd heard about, I mm -hmm. wanted to be able to do that. So, so, so I started with things like that. So I was practicing some of those things, you know, breathing, relaxation. And then um, my hospital had said to come in when I could no longer bear the contractions. That was the instruction. Or when, you know, when you feel like you can't bear the contractions anymore, come in. Okay. So... I was waiting for that point and I was home the entire time, um, just kind of, you know, managing the contractions. Um, and by afternoon, 
my contractions were still not like at the point where I was like, oh, this is unbearable. Right. Um, but I felt like they were getting quite close together. And so I figured, you know what, I think we should just get, get ready, um, you know, like head to the hospital. Um, but just as I was getting ready, I was getting dressed to leave home. My waters broke. And I remember <gasps> rushing to sit on the toilet to let the water drain into the toilet. Um, and while I was sitting on the toilet, I had this contraction and I literally felt like I wanted to push. Like, so sitting on the toilet, I literally felt like I wanted to push. So I got really like concerned. I was like, oh my gosh, I've stayed home too long. Um, because I think the issue was I hadn't made the adjustment in my mind. When mm-hmm. they said come in when um, your contractions are unbearable, they were obviously just speaking generically. Now, I hadn't made the adjustment in my mind that, hey, you have some techniques you're practicing, you know, so you're probably going to find your contractions bearable a lot longer than the average person. Right. So I hadn't, I hadn't made that adjustment in my mind. So I was just still waiting for the, unbear- <laughs> the unbearable point. And so at this point, I was like, oh my gosh, I've stayed home too late. And, you know, I really need to get to the hospital. So luckily, my hospital is just up the road. Um, it was just up the road from where we live. So we rushed there. And I arrived, say, about 2.30 p.m. And by 4 or 5 p.m., my baby was out. Oh, and wow. um, yeah, and there was like, there was literally, there was no screaming through the whole process, no crying. There were no pain meds. Like I didn't, there was no time for anyone to even offer me an epidural or anything like that because literally I got in and it was go time. Right. So I had this, you know, this plan that I was following and I just stuck to my plan very calmly. I'd learned, I'd even learned some techniques around how to push in a way that you avoid sustaining a bad tear because that was one of my big fears. I was like, oh, I don't want to tear. I don't want to tear. I just heard all these things, right? About how right. I fought third degree tear, fourth degree. And I really didn't want any of that. So I'd really done all this research. I'd learned all this stuff. And so I'd learned, one of the things I'd learned were a few techniques around um, around how you can push to reduce the chances of having a bad tear. So even okay. if you tear, hopefully it won't be like, you know, really bad, that kind of thing. So, yeah, so all of that stuff, I was just, you know, putting into practice the things I'd learned. And yeah, I, I had the baby. I didn't tear at all. I had no stitches or anything. Baby was fine. I was fine. And honestly, it was all very textbook and uh, just a really pleasant experience, which I mean, I'm eternally grateful to God for that experience. But I think, I think what was even better than having that experience was the sorts of experiences that women around me started to have when I started to share, as I promised I would, mm-hmm. all the various bits of information that I found out with them. So as the women, I started, I started, first of all, I started with obviously people around me, so friends and, you know, like, cause I'm just that kind of person that when I find something good, I can't shut up. Right. So, <laughs> so anyone that was pregnant around me at that point, you know, I just started, you know, yap, 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 yap. yap. And um, I guess, cause I'd had a good experience. People were more, interested in listening to what I had to say mm-hmm. so I started so I started with people I knew and then um eventually started training women on a, on a like people outside of the of my circles right but the overwhelming feedback first of all that I get from most of the women that I've worked with so far is that they felt great after giving birth and a lot of them especially those who were like second time and third time moms who could compare to like previous experiences were quite surprised by that. I mean, I had one of the ladies that I trained, she literally, um, so she had her baby, she got discharged from the hospital um, because in the UK we have this compulsory six hour observation period after you have a baby. So no matter how well your experience went, there's a six hour window where you have to stay at the hospital and, you know, be observed and stuff. So she got discharged like literally after that because of how well everything went. But what, and this is one of my favorite stories um, from the women I've worked with so far. 
they had they were trying to move house at the time mm-hmm. and they had booked um a house viewing um and now obviously they didn't know she was going to go into labor that day um and of course when they went into labor the last thing anyone was thinking about was oh we have this house viewing tomorrow morning <laughs> at nine let's cancel it or whatever so she had her baby like at night, I think about eight or 9 PM, something like that. Um, and she was free to leave the hospital. So that was now like really early hours of the morning, mm-hmm. but because it was really early hours of the morning, they just waited till, you know, like proper morning time. And then they remembered they had this appointment and it's kind of like, Oh, should we cancel? But she's like, I feel great. I feel great. So these two jokers, her and her husband with their baby literally left the hospital and went to this 9 AM house viewing oh my goodness. from the hospital before they went home and that was how great she felt (laughs) you know and yeah exactly and so and so um and and so it's stories like that i mean like another story um from one of the leads i worked to um, she had her baby in the back of an uber so baby came really quickly um so quickly that she couldn't get to the hospital but now it's not really the fact that she had the baby in the uber because there are people who just don't get to hospital in time and so they have a baby but with her, it was that she was able to stay really calm throughout the experience because she knew what she was doing. Like, you know, like she had kind of learned all these techniques. And so she's kind of like, okay, okay, let me do this and let me do that. And so there was no fear. There was no panicking. And she emerged without any tears or needs for stitches as well. Like literally she was in perfect health. Baby was in perfect health. And oh, wow. it was a very calm experience. So yeah, so those are the sorts of stories that are now like the norm around me and the women I work with to help pre- prepare for um, childbirth. So yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you should say that because while you were speaking, um, it just really occurred to me that the um, bulk of information out there surrounding labor and delivery is very, very, um, I guess, fear-inducing, anxiety-producing. Mm. The bulk of the stories out there are yes. like, oh my God, you know, the woman is screaming, she's shouting. Maybe it's because of all exactly. these Hollywood movies. That <laughs> exactly. <was>. So, <laughs> exactly. That's the picture I had in my mind. <laughs> right. So there's all the screaming and shouting and all of that. Um, when I was in labor, I wasn't shouting. I felt the exactly, pain. I felt right? the contractions. I felt the contractions. Um, yeah. And I felt, you know, pain, but I wasn't shouting like, like screaming how, how you see like, it on TV and all of exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. But, but um, with me, so my whole entire um, uh, labor delivery is on YouTube somewhere. But my whole oh, really? <laughs> I'm going to go look for it. <laughs> from beginning, like I shared my labor and delivery story. So from the beginning, I started having contractions at two o'clock, 2 a.m. the day after my bridal shower my, my baby shower oh wow so that was I, timed very well listen i had my baby shower i go home how many hours later i'm having contractions i went to my mom i was like um i think i'm contracting and my mom she um all of us me and my siblings were all born um cesarean section section okay. um, and so she didn't have this experience of you know being like having contractions and all of that so she wasn't really sure how to help me my oh. husband my husband that I had said, please watch all these videos, please do this, please do this. <laughs> Uncle was clueless. <laughs> you know? So um I mean, but there I was, you know, I was having contractions and everything. So I started at 2 a.m. We got to the hospital at, I think like 5 a.m. And I didn't have cocoa until 11 45 p.m. So it was okay. almost a 22 hour mm. um experience. Um, eventually I had to get, um, I had to get, um, Pitocin to speed up the, 
labor process because I'd been in the hospital um, for maybe seven hours and was still at like three to four minutes, um, three to three to four minutes between, right, before, um, between contractions, sorry. Oh, sorry, between contractions, okay. Yeah, between contractions. I hadn't even like dilated that much. So oh, okay. They, yeah, so they um, gave me the Pitocin to um, get me along and then the contractions went to like one to two minutes apart and that's when i was like okay you know i i'll be happy for the epidural now please go ahead and bring the epidural <laughs> they did um and after that i mean obviously i didn't feel anything um i did have a panic attack a couple of hours later because like, wow yeah and i didn't expect that because the the reason i had the panic attack was i'd been lying down on one side and after like i think two hours i wanted to just move to the other yeah. side and this nurse came in i was like oh hey nurse please can you help and move me because i'm i'm uncomfortable and she was like no we can't really move you because of the epidural and da, 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 da. so don't worry i'll be back in a couple of hours and she walked out of the room and my mind was like wait i have to stay I'm gonna be like this <laughs> another two hours next time i was like mommy i need oxygen mommy yes call the doctor wow i can't do this like full-on panic attack yeah. I'm like, music on i you guys need to start praying i cannot do this no 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 whatever Sha. they eventually came and they moved me <laughs> mm, they, mean? They, they moved me i threw up a little bit but um the nurse said that that happens with some um women after they get um the epidural it's kind of like a physical reaction, okay oh, okay got it you know physical and mental reaction but yeah, yeah, that was my story. But okay, so thank you for sharing your story. <laughs> and I think that it's very important to, you know, share these kind of positive stories that are not full of, you know, oh my God, oh my God, you know, oh my God, I'm going to die. Or oh my God, I'm in so much pain. <laughs> oh, look at you, husband. Look at what you did to me. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I wish I'd heard more um, positive stories when I was scared. I think yeah yeah but i think it's i think it's great that you're on this podcast and i'm pretty sure um anyone that's listening you better make sure you share this episode okay yay <laughs> share the episode because we need more positive um blissful stories out there yeah. so um even one of the main things i want to talk to you um about today was the hebrew woman and um <laughs> i listened to your podcast episode where you talked about the hebrew woman um what was the 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 um topic was Hebrew Hebrew birth myth or not? Nah? Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed the episode. Yay. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. And as soon as I finished the episode, it was when I sent you the message. I was like, "Hi, Nene, what is Anita? Yeah. Would you like to be on my podcast? <laughs> and so, um, as you know, so there's this pressure that's placed on Nigerian women, um, maybe African women as a whole to give birth like the Hebrew woman. I remember with me, I got a number of comments like, ah, Barry, you're going to give birth like the Hebrew woman. And I'm looking at them like, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure if the Hebrew woman <laughs> I don't know if they were lying or not. So like, <laughs> like just, you know, thanks for the good wishes. <laughs> but Exactly. Um, right. So I would like for you to please share your thoughts on where this Hebrew woman um, um, thing came from and what your position is on it. Okay. 
So let me, okay, so let me start with where, um, where, where, where it's come from. Um, so as far as this story, where it comes from is the story in the Bible from around the time when Moses was born, um, when Pharaoh instructed the midwives to kill all the male babies that were born to the Israelite women, so the Hebrew women. And um, the Bible says that the midwives feared God. And so they didn't want to carry out that instruction. And I think obviously now baby boys were being born and they weren't being killed. And so Pharaoh questioned them about it. And um, what the midwife said to Pharaoh was that, oh, the Hebrew women aren't like the Egyptian women. They are strong, they're vigorous, and they give birth really quickly before we're even able to get there. So that's where it comes from. So it's that whole thing of, oh, you know, what the midwife said about the Hebrew women. And so, you know, I guess that's where the whole thing has come from now. Now, um, as you mentioned, I have an episode on my podcast where I talk more ex- extensively about it. But in a nutshell, here are some of my thoughts. Some, some people believe that what the midwife said to Pharaoh is, I guess, true, or they take it to be true. Mm-hmm. And so they just believe that, you know, the Hebrew women give birth really quickly. And so they decide, obviously, they want that for themselves. They pray for it and it's become a whole thing. So it's, it's quite common. You know, like you said, people would wish you that like it's like it's like a good prayer, a good thing. And so it's right. quite common. And then um, I think in more recent years, I have now started to hear another faction of people who believe that midwives are just lying. You know, they were, it's mm-hmm. not true. They're just lying to Pharaoh when he said that because they just didn't want to kill the Hebrew baby boys. And so if they're lying, then this idea of birthing like a Hebrew woman that many people pay, pray for to this other group of people is like, Oh, you're wasting your time. You know, the women were lying and you know, and so on and so forth. So the thing is, <laughs> I don't know if it matters so much whether the midwives were lying or mm. if they're telling the truth. And I don't know whether birthing like a Hebrew woman is really something to be desired because like, like you just said, um, just imagine now if the midwives were lying to Pharaoh, you know, maybe they're just lying to avoid killing the babies. Then we don't know what sort of birth the Hebrew woman really used to have. And so when you pray, oh, you know, like to birth like a Hebrew woman, who knows what you're asking for? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. If if it's not true, which we're not, you know, we're not sure. um, Then you, you might be praying a prayer that you actually don't want. Like, do you want to give birth like a woman who was scared and had to hurry and had to hide? Like, you know, we just don't know what, Scenario was, you know, but, but nevertheless, nevertheless, here's what I think is really important. I think it's really important to understand that nothing is impossible with God. Oh yeah. So even if we don't know for sure what sort of birth the Hebrew woman used to have, you can still pray to be strong and to have your babies really quickly if that's what you want. In fact, instead of praying, oh, you know, I, I want to give birth like a Hebrew woman, since we're not really sure whether, you know, the midwives are lying or not and all of that nothing actually stops you from praying instead that, oh, you know, dear, you know, God, please, I want to give birth. Like the midwife said that the Hebrew woman used to give birth. Like, you know, I don't want to give birth. Like they said, they used to give birth, like, you know, with strength and right. Am I making sense? So that way you're not, you're praying, you you know, you're just asking for what you want as opposed to trying to peg it to the Hebrew woman. But I'll, I'll tell you what I think. I think women just really want to avoid agony and unnecessary trauma when they give birth. I think we all want, you know, no pain or at least very minimal pain if possible. And we want it to be over as quickly as possible so that we don't suffer. Right. We just want to be okay when we give yeah. birth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And honestly, I cannot find a single thing wrong with that. I mean, why would anyone want it to be any other way? So like, obviously, like I mentioned earlier, I used to be terrified of childbirth because of all the crazy things I heard about it. So I know what it's like to be concerned, like, you know, what's going to happen when it's my turn to go through this whole crazy childbirth thing that I've heard about. And 
what I now know for a fact is that a good birth experience is possible. And it's not just possible if you're lucky, you know, because sometimes we, we get into this mindset of, oh yeah, she was lucky or, you know, the other person was lucky. The truth is there are key things that all birthing mothers really should be made to understand, you know, and those things can significantly impact how you get to experience childbirth. Sadly, the majority of women never get taught those things. Now, I found out that there are actually ways you can prepare yourself, you know, ways that position you to have a great birth experience, as long as, you know, there's no curveballs or anything. Right. Um, there are obviously unique circumstances where, like, now you had to be on bed rest. I don't really know the background to that, but, you know, there are unique circumstances. But for the average person, um, there's some things you can do. There are things you can do physically to prepare the body. There are specific ways you can eat to get the best out of the body. There are medical choices you can make that can stack the odds in your favor. You know, there are things like that. Okay. And um, and incidentally, praying, you know, whether you're praying for Hebrew birth or whatever, praying without taking any corresponding actions to prepare yourself is a bit of a gamble. It's a gamble that even God hasn't asked us to take because the Bible says faith without works is dead. So of course we should pray. By all means, we should pray. But wherever possible, um, I think we should take steps to prepare ourselves for what we're praying for as well. So yeah, so just to conclude, just to wrap it up now, my thoughts um, about this whole birthing like a Hebrew woman thing, do I think it's a myth? The truth is, I don't know. I don't know, but what I know is that with God, all things are possible. And that includes having a great birth experience like I had. I could be wrong, but I think, I think if women can give birth in a way where they are able to be calm and in control because they know what they're doing mm-hmm. and don't sustain any injuries or go through any unnecessary trauma in the process, and you know they can come out on the other side feeling great and healthy with healthy babies, I don't think anyone would really care if it's a Hebrew, Spanish, Nigerian, or American. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Like, we just want to be okay. And, and I think that it's possible to be okay. Um, and I feel like with God, a lot of things that um, seem impossible because of just how many stories we hear of the opposite. Um, yeah, a lot of things that seem impossible are quite possible with God. I love that. And, you know, as you were just talking now, um, it just occurred to me, I don't think I had any specific prayers around, you know, my labor and delivery. I don't think I had specific prayers like, you know, God, I want things to be calm or I want things to um, go quickly or, you yeah. know, I don't want to feel pain. Like I said earlier, my thing was just let me have. You had bigger fish to fry. Exactly. (laughs) Just like, please. Yeah, because honestly, let's make it out alive and fine. (laughs) Seriously, because I um, like I said, I I announced online that I was pregnant at six months, and the following day I was admitted in hospital. And every day for two weeks, the doctors were like, "Your child can come today." Your child can come tomorrow. And I'm looking at them like, my child is not coming today. She's not coming tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I am going to make it to the nine-month mark. My child is not coming anywhere. Every day. So that was my own focus was my child is not coming now. My child is not coming now. Um, She eventually came at 35 weeks, you know, but she was fine. She never went into the NICU or anything. She left the hospital, I think. (laughs) three or four days later so that was my own prayer was just let this child wait in fact mm-hmm. let me tell you what was specific about my birth <laughs> i did have something specific my specific prayer was god i don't want this child to come before my mom comes back from nigeria that oh. was my prayer that was my prayer my mom 
landed in Atlanta the day of my baby shower. Okay. My mom oh, wow. Landed, <laughs> and then how many hours later I went into labor? That was my specific prayer. Uh, that's that so similar to my story. My mom literally landed the day before I had my baby. <laughs> yeah, so that was my listen. And listen, God answers prayers. God answers prayers. It does. And I like to tell people that because my name, Barry Dakara, is Ogoni and it means God answers prayers. And Oh, no way. I didn't know you were Ogoni. Oh, I wow. Was, yeah. <laughs> That's where um, Barry Dakara comes from. It's okay. really a play on my Ogoni name, Barry Dakara. Um, ah. And it does mean God answers prayers. So every now and then, you know, if I'm having a little bit of a crisis of faith, I have to remember, like, no. God answers prayers. Mm-hmm. You know, all the prayers that he has answered for you. So yes, yeah. So, um, do you think that there is a societal stigma towards women who don't give birth, like the Hebrew woman in quotes? Um, because there's some women who I've actually heard of this, and it kills me that um, they don't want to tell people um, that they gave birth through cesarean section or they don't want to tell people that they were in labor for 48 hours because people are going to look at them like oh you did not give birth like you You didn't do it quickly or oh i you know you use epidural or whatever i i think that there is some kind of um shaming involved but um, i'd like to hear your own thoughts on that if you think that there's this stigma towards women who, who um you know have to um, go through a cesarean section or you know don't give birth very very quickly and then what would you say to the woman who feels bad because she didn't give birth according to this supposed ideal okay uh, this one pains my heart because i just you know anyway so honestly um i've never really known about any stigma around the whole not giving birth like the hebrew woman because so few have an experience that is anything like what the midwives describe so if you really choose to stigmatize women for that you're you're stigmatizing basically the majority of mothers i don't know about that part but what i do know um is and i've heard a lot about this stigma around giving birth by cesarean sections as opposed to a vaginal birth and i think it's so silly it pains me honestly yeah. i think it's such a silly thing like how dare anyone look down on anyone else for giving birth by a c-section i don't know women women go through so much trying to bring our babies into the world and all we can do is the best that we know to do so please if you're feeling shamed or like anyone's trying to make you feel bad about the way you gave birth i just want to encourage you to hold your head high and be proud of what you achieved you brought another human being into this world and that is no small achievement like it's I think it's ignorant when people look down on um, cesarean section moms. Like it's it, honestly, it pains me to my core. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. So if you're, if you've been feeling shamed or you're feeling sad about how you gave birth or that your labor took really long. Um, yeah. Please just ignore that stuff as much as you can. Um, just drown out the noise. You, you did awesome. You actually, you, a, a human being grew inside of you and you brought that human being forth world i think that is awesome and yeah i think nobody should be made to feel small for that hello like everyone we're so different as human beings it's actually incredible to expect everyone to give birth in the same way or to have the same length of labor or any of those things like we're so even i mean just look at us we're all so different why would you expect that this one area now would be so like uniform for all of us when nothing else is uniform for us. I know. And mm. even, even women experience different pregnancies, period. Exactly. 
exactly like your own children you know you would have different um different experiences so i don't get this thing of everyone must it's follow silly. this it's silly yeah totally agreed and thank you so much for sharing that um we've come to the end of our interview so please um, could you tell the mommy oyoyo audience where we can find you online where can we connect with you so um on social media at the moment i hang out mostly on instagram um and my handle is my name at ebna woman but i think my website is probably the best place to find everything it's like a one-stop shop for all the information about what i do so you can find links on there to my social media you can find a link on there to the podcast or to my birthing course and basically everything else that i'm you know kind of like you know putting out at the moment and my website is www.ebnawoman.com i'll spell that so it's www.ibienewarman.com so check it out you guys and come connect with me awesome and then you can also follow birthing blissfully on instagram yes. as well it's birthing blissfully at, has a handle on instagram yeah it's at birthing at birthing blissfully yeah so yeah. everyone just make sure you follow ebna um both on both um platforms um and also check out her website and we would love it if you would share this episode because um there are a lot of women out there who only hear horror stories and <laughs> we are trying to change that narrative yeah or at least balance it out a bit you know yeah, balance just, it just out. let people know that there are you know it's not there are other options. all bad yeah. <laughs> <There> <laughs> it's are not all bad <laughs> <laughs> and if other people can do it then we can pray that you'll be able to do it as well so yes Thank you so much, Ibeni, for being on the podcast. This has been Thank a wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. You're Thank you welcome. so much. And Mommy Oyo family, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, you guys. <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. I love you guys, as you know. Um, make sure you follow Mommy Oyo as well on Instagram. And um, I, I will get to the website one day. I promise. <laughs> I promise. No, you're doing awesome. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing awesome seriously it's nice that you've created a platform where women can kind of like share about the different elements of our our unique our unique standpoint as africans and women in diaspora and so on so yeah thank you thank you very much i love that thank you all yeah. right well thanks again i hope you have a wonderful day and um god bless <laughs> okie dokie take care Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. Out of everything you could be doing, you chose to spend the time with me and I am truly grateful. Please follow us on social media at Mommy Oyoyo, which is M-O-M-M-Y-O-Y-O-Y-O. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Feel free to send us feedback and suggestions that way or via our email at mommyoyoyo at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to the Mommy Oyoyo podcast on your favorite podcast players. Rate and review the podcast. And finally, don't keep this goodness to yourself. Share the Mommy Oyoyo podcast with your friends, your family, your co-workers, and more. The Mommy Oyoyo podcast. Sharing experiences of African motherhood. Mommy Oyoyo. Mommy Oyoyo. Mommy Oyoyo. See you next time. <laughs>